0: Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to golf's best independent podcast, Golf Nerds with me, Guy Cross. Uh, this week I promised to talk to you about amateur status. I promised as well to talk about golf and how you can get better at golf. But, and I will, like actually I'm going to almost off the bat before we get into amateur status. But once we delve into the world of amateur status. Circumstances led me to engage with the governing bodies of golf in two ways in the last week. One is I went to uh, an event by a golf governing body and the other thing is um, I saw a really interesting question on Facebook. Well, that's a neatly wrapped up one minute introduction to this week's podcast, so let's jump in. (coughs) I should have a sound effect there, but that would be not really in tune with the theme of this Rough and Ready podcast. So, how to get better at golf. This week I was on the range and um, I was standing next to this guy who's a super, super, super solid golfer. And, um, And I said to him, let's try and work out how to get better at golf together just today. And what we did was, um, we had a competition. We picked a flag at 128 yards and, um, and I was like, okay, closest to the flag, best of 10. Um, and we just went hitting golf balls for, let's say, 90 minutes at this target. And, um, you know we got dialed in at one point um I hit a ball that came in and nipped the the wavy bit of the flag the flappy flaggy bit and um he's like, well, that's like you know it's gonna be six feet past and I was like, no 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 man that was loaded that would have you're right would have pitched six feet past, but it's gonna come back at least three um." So, and, I, and then I start joking. Like, In fact, I saw it spin back and drop in, but I'll give you three feet. He hits his, it hits the flipping stick. And then we're having this fight on the range about who's going to be closest. Someone who hits the stick or someone who uh, hits the flag. And so we created a rule, which was if you hit the flag or the stick, you can't lose that round. So that was a tie. Um, he actually won the overall game. It got up to 50-51. Um, we were 50-50. And um, we were going to do two clear points from 50. And um, and he hit the stick. And I missed it. And I was like, yeah, all right. I'll give you, I'll give you a walk-off. See you next time. Um... But what fun practice, and will it translate to the golf course? Who knows or cares, because it was a bagload of fun. And the reason I tell you this is competitive practice is is fun, and it does translate. Even if that particular drill or golf range session doesn't, what translates is the under pressure, being able to, you have to deliver under pressure, and, and that's so much fun. And definitely something you should, as much as you can, try and incorporate into your own game and your own practice. Even if that means if you're on your own, you create a game. Often I'll give myself a game which is, you know, ten six-foot putts in a row and you can't leave until you've done it. So I, I have been late home and said, I just I couldn't leave. And I had to explain to my wife and she thought it was stupid. But, you know, what does she know? Um, loads, actually double degree post-doctorate you know but you know fine she's a clever lady but what does she know about golf addiction i mean more than most because she's married to me but not as much as i do because i'm living that firsthand um i I just had a really really good golf practice and a few good golf practice this week i'm out on the course on thursday might nip out again one time certainly going to get to the range today it's monday for me Um, And I might either get a few holes of golf or another rain session before then. Right, so that was the sound effect to say we're moving on. Um, Amateur status. So I decided that I wanted to be an amateur golfer because it's more fun than being a professional golfer. Unless you're playing one of the tours and even then... I'm not sure that's a fun way of living, but elements of that are more fun than not, than being a professional golfer who's not on the tour, on a serious tour, like mini tours, not really, i have no interest in being on a mini tour, I could be on a mini tour, um, as could you, like, there's, there's zero threshold for entry to those things, um, so, yeah, it's been on my mind a while. I think I mentioned it a couple of times on the pod. And, and what I've been thinking is, when I go back to the UK, I just really want to play regular golf with regular guys. Like, I want to play my club's monthly medal. Um, I want to play in the club championship. I even want to play for the club team, even the county team. Um, you know, normal golf stuff. Um, And one of my listeners um, Said, oh, that's the end to your free golf gear And to some extent it is But, you know, the podcast does attract its own little sponsorship um, Which is fantastic Um, But also um, How many, you know, how many people You know, I haven't been so good over the new year Of putting out podcasts So I'm down to about um, 400 listeners, just less than 400 on my last one, but it's still quite a lot because the people who listen to my podcast are proper nerds who love golf. So those, the reason I kind of punch above my weight on getting sponsorship is the people who give me stuff know that when I talk about stuff on my podcast, it, it the ears that hear it are the ears they want buying things. Um. And I'm sure as I put out podcasts more frequently, the numbers will creep back up again because they do. And I haven't looked how the long tail podcasts that's the, you know, the things that have been there for a while, how they're doing. I uh, have no intention of it, if I'm honest. So that's the end of free golf stuff in some ways, but the podcast can still attract its own promotional stuff. So that, that that's good enough for me. Um... It leaves me, I am still a professional golfer, and I will be for at least one year and probably two while I'm reinstated. So I can't breach my amateur status by taking money or equipment, you know, payment in in cash or like, or whatever the term is. But um, some of the perks of being a pro golfer, you know, that aren't monetary, still come my way, like, um, yeah, I'm not paying the green fees and stuff um, until I'm officially an amateur. And then, then I'll have to stop paying my way. And that's fine because I've started earning my living outside of golf. Um, I teach English on the internet and I love it. It makes me laugh every day. Um, I have a group, great group of colleagues. And although we are competing for students... We're not hugely competitive about that and we support each other. And that's such a change from golf that it brings me joy. It sparks joy to use the modern parlance. Um So yeah, um the process sorry about that, a technical glitch. So the process for returning to being an amateur is um it's been modern, modernized from back in the day. You used to have to write to the Amateur Status Committee at St Andrews if you're British. Um, and they would consider it. Now you fill out a form on the internet which goes to the Amateur Status Committee. Um, so I'm waiting to hear back from the Amateur Status Committee. I, I hope to hear any day now um, about how long I have to wait. Um, I need to check with the governing body here in Panama if they're happy for me to join and get a handicap in the meantime. Um, but I'm not stressed. I'm not going to play any tournaments as an amateur until my amateur status is back. But I think they'll be quite happy for me to carry a handicap. So I, I'm being completely transparent with them. Um, so I I have no real intention of being a bandit um, and getting a high handicap. So I'm... Um, a sandbagger bandit sandbagger um and no intention of doing that so i don't mind um playing for a few months or two years to let my handicap settle down yeah i'm i'm hoping for some low single figures of course um and i my target is to get a plus handicap and then hold it for at least kind of a season like not a whole golf season like a summer a winter whatever um because that's fun uh, and I think doable for me um, because I'm I'm the dog's bollocks at golf, really, and, and that's quite obvious to everyone. Um, no, scratch means shit, right? But plus also means shit. Any handicap means shit in golf compared to tour pros. But um, i still cool as fuck to be plus handicap. Um, everyone knows a everyone knows a scratch golfer, not everyone knows a plus handicap golfer. And then, so I'm waiting to hear back, and that's basically the process. I said I've talked you through the process. But let me tell you why. The history of the amateur status is fascinating, especially to someone who used to be a pro. Now, the history of the game is obviously of dignified amateur golfers who... Um, ...played competitions and prizes for very small amounts of money or very small prizes. And then this new breed of golfer came to the game. We're talking 100 years ago, the dirty professional golfer. And he was solely in the game to line his filthy pockets with cash. Um, and the governing bodies of the game shat on these people... ...because they were only worthy of shitation. And... Um, Because in the eyes of the governing bodies, and in my opinion, this is still the case, the professional golfer is a piece of shit ruining the game. It's just turning it into a cash cow for their own benefit. Um, Taking what money there is in the game out of the game so they can spend it on hauls and Ferraris. Um... Whereas the good people at the Governing Bodies would take the money and reinvest it into grassroots golf that would really develop the game. And as you can see, the Governing Bodies are passionate about doing that and have really invested their money wisely and it's showing great results. If you can't hear sarcasm dripping off every word I'm saying, please just add that there for yourself now. Um, But that's the history that the Governing Bodies wanted to protect the dignified amateur golfer and the glorious game by almost shunning the professional golfer and keeping them away from these beautiful competitions. Um, And keeping them away from the beautiful game. They had their own dirty game, a money game. So, their lines are blurred where, you know, amateur golfers get together and everyone throws in 500 bucks and... You know, winner takes all. That is technically a professional event, but you can't really talk about them, especially in front of guys from the R&A, USGA, or a green jacket. Gosh, could you imagine someone doing that at Augusta, playing for big summers of money and jeopardising that amateur status? That would never happen, would it? Um, I've certainly never heard of it happening, and I couldn't imagine it happening. I'd be shocked if it did. I'd be disgusted. Um, As someone who values the amateur game so much, I've been very careful not to tarnish the amateur game as a professional by joining in. Um, Now I'm trying to be an amateur again. If I heard of anyone jeopardising the beautiful amateur game, I'd be quick to out them on my podcast and on social media. I'd probably pay to take out adverts against those people. Um... Because that, you know, the game is beautiful and should be protected. Um, so that's the tradition. Now, that's where it came from: dirty professional golfers bleeding the game drive money. Now, what's changed is professional golfers in many countries put on a little bit of a pedestal, and see so a local club pro. No one thinks of it as a bloodthirsty leech bleeding the game drive. It's money. They think of him as a really good golfer who's dedicated life, to learn the game, etc., etc. And, and often that's the case, right? It, it, it truly is. But let me tell you something. Living here and then previously in Asia, people treat professional golfers differently here. I'm treated a bit like shit. Because there are lots of pro golfers in developing worlds who, and forgive me for using the term, are glorified caddies. So a lot of people learn the game in Asia and hereby they have you, you take your caddy out with you and your caddy teaches you the game. And then your caddy might go to the range with you and suddenly your caddy's a teaching pro and he gets a job at the club and you can see how it goes, right? But he's still a caddy. So there's still this culture of your coach will pick up your clubs from the car and take them to the range for you. Not so much here in Panama, but I saw that in Asia. Um, your your coach will carry your clubs back to your golf buggy here in Panama and maybe give them a wipe for you on the way. I had some kids who asked me to do that. I told them to fuck off. Did I tell them to use, did I use those? I don't think I used those exact words. Um, this girl I was giving a lesson to, and she was cool, and she saw the funny side of it. Um... She was just used to that level of service. She just goes, hey, coach, you got a towel? A- and waved a club at me. And I thought she just wanted me to loan her a towel to clean her clubs, right? In the same way, if I was practising alongside you and I hadn't got a towel, I'd be, hey, can I just use your towel? You know, completely normal golf stuff. I was like, sure. And I just threw her a towel and she was like, oh! And she was, the penny dropped, she was expecting me to clean her clubs. And I was like... Oh, you want me to clean your clubs for you? As You're a rich girl, right? You can't clean your own golf clubs, can you? That's fine. Um, maybe I can show you how to clean your own golf clubs. We could have it as part of the lesson. Would you like me to sell you... Are you interested in my five lessons for the price of four uh, package on how to clean your own golf clubs? And she's just laughing. She's like, no, no, no. But, you know, everyone else is like, yeah, get fucked. Am I going to do that for you? Clean your own clubs, love. And I was like, oh, while you're there, would you clean mine? She um, threw my towel back at my face. And good on it, right? Because that was the response I was expecting. But just imagine that dynamic there where pros are expected to carry your clubs, clean your clubs. It's not very European. It's not very North American, right? Because the Professional Golfers Association has created this myth that professional golfers are more than just dirty leeches sucking the blood. Out of the game. Um, no, they're not. Uh, some of them are. And tour pros are different, right? Tour pros are different. Of course, there's some. You know, the top 150 should we say in the world are are um, are rich and very well paid. But the rest of the guys, they are just playing. They're either stupid or they're playing for the love of the game stupid to think that they've got a shot of getting rich when they haven't really or that shot's so tiny there's no chance or they're doing it for the love of the game and they're hoping they break even or you know put enough food on the table for their family which to be fair is why we all go to work um, you know what's the average salary in the USA is like something like 48 a year isn't it or 46 a year no the average PGA pro salary is 40 something thousand a year So if you can make that money playing golf as a professional, a tour pro, good on you, right? You're playing the game you love. You're not folding T-shirts. And you're still feeding your family in the same way someone who does fold T-shirts. You know, makes makes the money. So I, I promised you a little chat about governing bodies. I went to a press conference this week. How exciting for you, right? Well, how exciting for me. Um, I was there representing my buddy. He was at a to- he's running a tournament. Um, he had a little bit of a family crisis. He's like, "Guy, I could do with someone there. Could you help me out?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I can. Of course I can. Slap on some golf gear, go and sit in this press conference." And I, I was looking forward to it, right? I, I knew the press were going to be there. I wasn't sitting on the panel. I think I could have been, but I didn't. Didn't want to be. It wasn't my gig. Um, and I thought, oh, what are these guys going to use this space for? They've got national press there to talk about this golf game. How are they going to big it up? What are they going to say to inspire people to join, to inspire new golfers? They have the regulatory body of golf uh, there. And do you know what they did? Mostly. They talked about the changes in the policy and procedure from the series of tournaments from last year to this year and then they gave a brief presentation on the new World Golf Handicapping System. The fuck I was so bored. Really fucking bored. Like, I don't get that time back, right? Um, I was going to go and hit some golf balls because the thing was at a uh, range, but I didn't because, what well, the fuck, I just wanted to run away. National TV, national press, coverage of amateur golf. What the fuck did they talk about? Rules, policies, procedures, categories, handicaps. Like, oh, and then they, they spent five minutes talking about how fucking great they were and how much work they'd done for charity last year. Or no, not last year, that they were planning on doing in the future. If I had any motivation or inkling about these guys, I'd keep them to account on that and go back to the press conference next year and ask them how much money they gave and how that's gone, what the fruits of that investment have been. Um, but I, like, I could give a fuck because we all know they're going to lie, right? Um, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? People like that are the reason golf is, is dying and is small. Um, They could have done anything to make that event and that series of events sound fun, but they didn't. They just talked about rules. And like, I'm a golf nerd. I have a podcast called Golf Nerds. So you should know you're listening to it. And I was bored shitless. Um, bored shitless. What the fuck was I doing there? I shouldn't have gone. It made me cross. I told the guy who asked me to cover him, like, what the fuck are you doing involved with those guys? He's like, oh, you know, make some money for my organisation. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I'm like, is it worth it? He's like, yeah, it's probably worth it. i make some serious change. Um, Not for him, for his organisation. I've not used any names here and I won't. Um, So it's a significant financial win for him and Amateur Golf, for his organisation. Um, but draw a parallel there. You can run an amateur golf tournament through a governing body and make a serious chunk of change for your organization. I'm talking like, um, for a one day golf event, I think like 10K plus. Um, It takes more work than a day to run it. But once you've done it a few times, it's pretty easy. You know, things run themselves. Um, You can do that through a governing body and put 10K in your organization's back pocket. And you can pay people to help that golf day. Like, they have staff. Um, One of them, or two of them, are professional golfers. But if you did that individually and pocketed that money yourself, I think you'd breach your amateur status. And, no, you wouldn't. Anyway, just an interesting fact there, right? Just think about money and golf. Um, It's not all... As it appears. Um, and say you make 10K on a golf day. And say oh, we pledge a percentage of our surplus to this charity. You can put any fucking percentage you want. You write me check for 50 bucks for a like. Hey, you've ticked the box. Um, and people do it right. People do it. Um, if anyone ever asks you to play in a charity golf day. Ask them how much money. How much of my. 100-buck ticket fee goes to charity. 200, 300, whatever, however much you pay for a charity golf day in your town. Um, Ask, how much of this, my entry fee goes to charity? Um, Anyway. Wrapping up. And I think we're going to head for 30 minutes this week. We had a... um, question on uh, this guy put a question on a few facebook groups said guys and girls how many of you are on your golf clubs committee or organizing body what ideas have you got for 2020 do you want me to tell you i put first response retire resign from that committee spend more time with your friends and family spend more time with your playstation why the fuck would you do that Now, I know why some people do, right? And I'm hypocritical here because I love community-led golf clubs. And if you're on the committee of a community-led golf club, you are serving your local committee. So that's, guy, why the fuck you do that. And you come and you smack me in the face and you call me a dick. Okay? Because you're serving your local community and you'd be quite right to do so. But if you're on the committee of some, like big company-managed golf club that's making a profit, what the fuck are you doing with your time? You're working for a company that makes money for free. Why would you do that? Have you got so much time that that's the best way you can think of spending your time? Is your life so fucking meaningless that the kudos from being on a committee makes you feel a bit more worthwhile? Maybe. Uh, I suppose, like, good on you, if that's you. Do you hate your friends and family so fucking much... ...that you'd rather go and talk about what type of sand you're going to put in the bunkers on 12... ...because someone took a shit in it last week? Um, that's more appealing to you than hanging out with your kids. I pity you, if that's the case. I'm probably the worst father in the world, certainly the worst father on this podcast, you know, listening to or presenting it. I'm quite happy. But there's a lot of things I'd rather do in the company of my kids than go to a committee. Um, do you not own a PlayStation? Maybe you've never heard of a PlayStation. Maybe you've never heard of a book. I'm reading Game of Thrones, the whole series now. You may have heard of it. It's quite popular. Um, I'm on book four now. I, fucking, I could read that any time. I've been tempted not... I've been tempted not to um record a podcast, just to have a go on my book, but anyway, yeah, these are things you could do better than being on a committee of a golf club that turns a profit um now, if you're getting paid to be on that committee, fair folks, you're right I hope you're getting paid loads, but if you're doing it for free, you loser, you better have a good reason to be on there. but as I said, if it's a community golf club that serves its community. Godspeed to you. Um I hope one day I get to do something similar, something as honorable. Um and I have some corporate governance committee experience that I've been paid for and even some in the charity sector cuz I believe it's been a good use of my time. Um and I would serve and hopefully bring some real heat to a committee like that. But if it was an organization that was trying to make a profit off of my expertise for free, you can go fuck itself. Um Truly it can. I should write down my words of wisdom for golf clubs. I think it'd be a wonderful book. I truly think it would be. Um, I think at 28 minutes, 15 seconds, I'm not going to share any more gems with you. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to share any more gems or any more pearls of wisdom with you. My podcast recording app has been weird today, so... If this has got some little glitches in, I apologise. And I'm, I'm going to do some googulation to work out um, how I can stop this happening in the future. I may just simply have to update the app, right? Well, that's, that's probably the obvious thing. Reset my phone. I could have done this right at the start when it first glitched, but I haven't. And it's too late. 20 minutes, 28.52 deep now. I'm not going to do that. So, thank you for listening. Next week... I might be time to get someone on, mightn't it? What do you think? Do you think it's time? I think it's time. Um, I've got a few guys to get on. Um, They can um, criticise me for my attitude towards the PGA show. Oh, I got some pushback. But that's great, right? That's why you do this stuff. Um, Some of the pushback was valid. Some of it wasn't. Um... I might go and swing by someone's office who uh, gave me some pushback, actually. Uh, Tell them, or get them to tell me again more clearly why I'm a loser. Um, So that would be the good news for me today. Why am I a loser? The good news for you today is you almost finished my podcast. You've been entertained, educated and informed. And now you're going to go out and play some great golf. Enjoy your week and I'll see you uh, next Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, guys, ciao, take care, goodbye.